Welcome to the Nourished Woman podcast, hosted by yours truly, Gabby Worsrink, holistic nutritionist and passionate women's health educator. Together on this podcast, we are going to open up the conversation around hormones, holistic healing, relationships, self-development, and everything in between, so you can feel empowered, educated, and ready to take your health and life into your own hands. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. On today's episode, I have my best friend and colleague, Alita Wilson, holistic therapist. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming on today. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. All right, so we'd love to start out with just hearing more about you and what led you to becoming a holistic therapist. Okay, how long do we have? No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, So I feel like that's been a lot of years in coming. So I'll try to maybe just condense it. Um, I really struggled with my mental health for a lot of years, really struggled with depression specifically, was medicated for a lot of years and just, I think we're jumping right into it. Okay, here, here we go. Um, I think I just really struggled to understand it and really struggled to receive support that I felt was really part of this wellness journey and wasn't just kind of, um, like prescription focus in, in that approach. So it was, wasn't until that I had actually reached out to my own different kind of like support teams and had really started just getting really curious and figuring out what's actually going on. Because when I was told, oh, you have this serotonin deficiency and all of these other things, I'm like that, it just didn't really make sense to me. So yeah, I started just on this journey of self-discovery, I guess you could call it, and really looking into what's actually going on. How does the brain actually work? What What is depression? Because it's this common term, anxiety, depression, PTSD, all these things. But it's like, okay, what actually is that? It's, it's kind of these umbrella, really common terms. So it was through that process that I really started learning and educating myself and healing myself and realizing that these symptoms that we're experiencing that are labeled depression and anxiety and things like that have the opportunity to be really effectively managed, if not healed. I mean, that's a very general statement, so depending on the person, so I don't want someone listening to think like, oh, well, that's not the case for me or this or that. So I guess a disclaimer would be, this is my story and my experience that I'm speaking to, and I don't want that to discredit or invalidate anyone else's experience. Um, And that being said, like I'm by no means against medication. It was just, this is just my experience. So it was kind of through that process that I really started to understand ways that were effective for me to heal and to work through my own mental health struggles. And then um, at the time I was working in corporate communications and it just wasn't for me. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And I decided to go back to school to become a social worker because I realized if I can work through my own mental health struggles and basically I don't know if the right word is cure because I, I personally feel like the there are symptoms that are can stay present that we just learn to manage better. But I just realized, wow, if, if I can improve my quality of life this much on my own, imagine the difference that it would make getting trained in this field and really being able to show up for the people the way I wish I had someone there to show up for me at the beginning. So... Yeah, that's a little bit about how I became a therapist. So I went to school to become a social worker and then from there transitioned into the clinical uh, therapy 
role. And then the second part of that question about becoming a holistic therapist. I think that's a term that I just kind of use on myself. There's no um, like clinical de- designation behind that, I guess would be the way to word it. It's It's more so just acknowledging the approach that I take to mental health from that mm-hmm. holistic perspective. Okay. And so how would that approach, that holistic approach, differ from, say, the traditional therapy model you might see in most clinics? Yeah. And I think every therapist has their own approach, their own modalities, they'll call it, their own techniques, their own beliefs around mental health. So it's, um, I don't know if I can differ it compared to like every therapist, because yeah, like I said, but for me, what's really important for me is recognizing that a person is a whole system that we have Mm -hmm. mental physical spiritual emotional health and that those things aren't separated and to recognize that our body works as this system and that each part of these systems impact one another and how our nervous system works in relation to that and how Mm -hmm. our hormones and other other um you know, our serotonin and our gastrointestinal impacts, all of these different things impact mm-hmm. our mental health. So the way that my approach may look different to other therapists is this idea of, of looking at all the potential impacts that may be impacting someone's mental health and not just saying, okay, we're just going to focus on your mind and your headspace. Mm-hmm. Because what I see really commonly and with the work that you do, Gabby, is looking at, okay, what are these hormones and how are they impacting someone's, someone's health? So for instance, if someone is under a chronic state of stress, they're constantly releasing cortisol and, and adrenaline and mm-hmm. things like that. And that's what creates those hormone imbalances not always there's other factors Mm -hmm. but so if someone's having a ton of hormone issues and hair loss and um, acne and all those things that there's a lot of compounding factors affecting them but they say that stress is one of the number one factors in illness and in Mm -hmm. death so if someone is experiencing you know, hypothyroidism is really, really common in people who are under the state of chronic stress because Mm -hmm. those hormones are just really imbalanced because basically a little bit of a background is we have our nervous system. And so there's the sympathetic state and then the parasympathetic state. That sympathetic state is that fight, flight, freeze that we know of. When we shift into that state, our body releases a bunch of different hormones to react to that Um, mode that we're in so when someone's constantly in that so what we would label as like anxiety possibly depression they're constantly releasing those hormones so from that holistic Mm -hmm. perspective sometimes people come in and they say I have chronic anxiety and I do my best to stay within my scope of practice but asking questions about you know their their gut issues because maybe what's happening is inflammation in their in their gut or PMS because of those hormone imbalances mm-hmm. are actually triggering that nervous system into mm-hmm. that anxiety state. So just looking at okay managing that anxiety can be really important in understanding that anxiety, but it's not only the mind or our external world that triggers that those states. It's sometimes mm-hmm. these physical responses <clears throat> that that we're having as well so to only focus on those thought processes or like from that like mind psyche state Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we really miss what's actually triggering 
our body to try to be communicating with us because anxiety is a form of trying to tell us something. Right. I love that you have that approach because mm-hmm. I'm, again, like, I feel like we're so aligned with that kind of perspective um, and approach to healing that, yeah, everything is interconnected and everything uh, affects each other. It's kind yeah. of like a ripple effect. And I find that with a lot of my clients, the mental, emotional aspect is like probably one of the bigger um, mm-hmm. impacts for sure. And if you don't address that, then you're not going to find, you know, healing with your hormones and vice versa. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you're constantly under that state of stress, mm-hmm. It, it puts your body under stress <laughs> and, and to the point that, okay, it, it's really hard when you're in that state of stress to actually address these other things that are going on because mm-hmm. as much as you're trying to adjust uh, maybe like specifically to your work, like address your hormones, mm-hmm. if you're constantly in that state or fight or, of flight or fright or you're constantly hyper aroused you're constantly um kind of not within what we refer to as like that window of tolerance that area that we're able to kind of manage emotions Mm -hmm. manage stress then it can be really hard to try to heal that yeah exactly Mm -hmm. i guess that goes on to our next question uh so i know there's like a big stigma around therapy and a lot of people are as open to it as other people but who benefits the most from therapy like do you have to be at a low point or can you just go when you're feeling good and you just kind of want that support yeah I mean I'm probably super biased because I'm a therapist yeah but I really feel that it's something that everyone and anyone could benefit Mm -hmm. from if you find the right therapist that you feel like really aligns with you and and that Mm -hmm. you connect with I think you know as a therapist that's something that's really important to me and something that I really try to encourage with my clients of you have to find someone that you feel safe with that you feel resonates with you that you feel um, their approach resonates with you and those kinds of things Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah because I think like you said there is a little bit of that that stigma and I think that we have really begun to shift out of that because we Mm -hmm. understand that mental health is something that we all experience just like we all experience physical health so it's that same analogy of do you expect yourself to never ever get a cold to get the flu to get a stomach bug to get aches and pains no like we we know that our body will go through ebbs and flows of feeling physically less well Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean you're physically ill but you feel physically less well just like our mental health we go through phases where we're feeling physically less well and if Mm -hmm. that goes untreated then sometimes that term of like I'm doing that air quotes around like mental illness Mm -hmm. comes in because of that progression of that unwellness so almost thinking about it like I think we often put a lot of pressure on ourselves and there's external pressure to just always be mentally capable of handling everything and not Mm -hmm. need help or not need that support and that that's a sign of whether it be kind of like weakness or Mm -hmm. um yeah weakness or whatever that Mm -hmm. individual is feeling that idea that therapy isn't just this kind of like crisis support right Mm -hmm. a lot of the clients that I deal with are kind of if I look at mental health as a spectrum it's a full spectrum, just like our physical health. So sometimes people are on the lower end of that spectrum, but that doesn't mean that we can't shift on, on that as well and kind of mm-hmm. move without within that. And a lot of my clients are within like the moderate to well spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that does vary. Sometimes they come in and they start kind of more at that acute, but, but working, working towards that mental wellness. And I think no matter where you are in your life, 
anyone could benefit from having a compassionate, informed person to just Mm -hmm. speak with who is a third party, who isn't judging you, who doesn't have any sort of ulterior motives and whose role is to just genuinely support you through through your life and be able to to be that soundboard but to also be that person to to notice different like blind spots of where where you might be able to improve your quality of life based on your mental state Mm -hmm. I love that yeah I feel like everyone yeah like you said everyone can benefit from it Mm -hmm. and I feel like the tools to to um, if, depending on what you're going through in, in your life, because yeah. like you said, you can you can be really well one day, and then maybe there's something happens in your life, and then right. you have those tools at least to be able mm-hmm. to handle it better. Mm-hmm. And and even just like self awareness, that mm-hmm. is such a huge thing to me in my own journey of just like, you know, if if I'm on this planet for however much longer I'm on it, we often. Um, devalue the relationship that we have with ourselves. We're so focused on mm-hmm. being everything for everyone or feeling so inadequate in who we are that many of us don't actually have a good relationship with ourselves. And it's really sad and it's really hard to see and it's become very normalized of like, do you like yourself? Are you kind to yourself? Are, mm-hmm. And if you're not, that's it's a really hard place to live and I've been there as well. And Mm -hmm. I think, and it's really normal as well. It's really become very common to live that way. And I think as well, we're kind of shifting into this era of, of, um, you know, consciousness and, Mm -hmm. um, healing and, and all of that where we're really starting to shift into this, okay, embodying, feeling empowered and taking care of ourselves and working Mm -hmm. through, like working through our shit basically and being like, okay, Mm -hmm. because a lot of this stuff that we're dealing with is intergenerational. Like it's Mm -hmm. not just stuff that we have accumulated in our lifetime. It's things that have been passed down to us from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. Like I say that if you're a female or identify as female, chances are you have experienced like intergenerational trauma as a result of centuries of female oppression. And there, there's mm-hmm. something to be said about that, that if you are female or identify that, that that there's a lot that kind of comes along with that. And there's a lot, and that applies to a lot of different areas of our life. And I don't want to go too deep, but even the idea of like a lot of our parents or parent, um, like generations before that grew up in the depression and grew up in those eras mm-hmm. where trauma and, you know, emotional intelligence, like trauma was prevalent and emotional intelligence wasn't accessible and self-awareness and those things weren't Mm -hmm. as accessible because we were living in a state where you know those primal human needs were in survival were our priority so now we're kind of evolving Mm -hmm. into this place of okay the privilege that comes along with living in the culture that we live in where we have these abilities to to actually prioritize our mental health and, and mm-hmm. kind of like start taking care of ourselves and breaking like really to me it's like breaking those cycles yeah you're breaking it's a lot of work too mm-hmm. like if you think about that like you I feel like we kind of underestimate how much is on us all the yeah. time and then you realize wow this is actually like generations generations of work that you're doing yeah mm-hmm. and it feels heavy and I did not mean to get into that <laughs> on this podcast I'm a super deep person so it just apparently it went there but but yeah, it's this idea of, because sometimes it can feel like I don't know where to begin or I don't, because mm-hmm. it, it feels like a lot and it yeah. is a lot and it 
it can feel really heavy. And that's why when you ask about like who can benefit from it, I think it's one of those things that anyone and everyone mm-hmm. can because we all are going through our own things. And even if it's not our own things, it's other people's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just to even be able to manage or to know how to cope mm-hmm. with, with life. And it's, um, yeah. I think it can be really powerful. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. That was just like a ton of knowledge there. <laughs> I always love listening to you because I just feel like you have this like such mm. wisdom like about all of this. Uh, so I love it's it. It's so funny. Whenever I get talking, I'm just like, okay, Alina, <laughs> slow down. Stop just like spewing it all. Um, but yeah, it's, I think that like, it's just something I'm so passionate about. And yeah, you so... can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to, um, divert a little bit yeah. from that, but, uh, Something that I know a lot of my following and a lot of the listeners struggle with and myself as well that I've been working on and I think uh, collectively has been a topic that a lot of people uh, are talking about now is boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think there were such big like myths around boundaries and just uh, misconceptions, I guess, mm-hmm. of it being a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so I'd love if you could share like some of those common myths and what boundaries actually are. Yeah. So I, I completely agree. And I think... Um, yeah, as well, just kind of like backtracking to what I was talking about, like as us as a species from like a historical context, even like last generation, two generations ago, we didn't really have the rights and the security, a lot of people in our culture to be able to set boundaries, right? That Mm -hmm. boundaries comes with privilege. There's a lot of people and a lot of cultures and a lot of Um, even minority groups who don't have the same access to setting boundaries. And I think that that's really important to recognize that. And that also kind of emulates the fact that it is kind of this newer concept. It's like, wow, I can actually like protect myself and say no and not just have to take whatever is kind of like thrown at me or projected onto me. Like I actually Mm -hmm. have a right to do that. And, you know, like even kind of going back to that women's rights to be able to to assert yourself as a female or someone who identifies as female or a minority mm-hmm. um like even getting into the topic of minorities in situations like that like there are demographics that don't have that same same privilege so I think I want to just note on that and I think mm-hmm. as well I just want to note on um kind of what I said at the beginning that a lot of this is um my perspective in a very kind of generalized approach because each person has their own experience, their own situation, that it's it's really hard to kind of talk on these topics more in depth without um, being mindful of the fact that these concepts and these approaches aren't accessible for everyone for mm-hmm. different reasons. Abusive relationships, it can be quite hard to set boundaries and sometimes even dangerous to set boundaries. Um, working with mm-hmm. someone who's a narcissist, same similar situation so I just want to acknowledge that that it is one of those things that I'm going to talk about from kind of like a generalized privilege perspective but so I think that there is again even because that historical thing this idea of there's myths around like boundaries are selfish like how dare you um, prioritize yourself and how dare you protect your energy or Mm -hmm. say no to someone or you know, those kinds of things. So there's this myth that like, oh, it's selfish. I think there's another myth that if I set boundaries, it'll push people away. That um, in order to have these relationships, I just have to be okay and accept everything. 
um, which I hear a lot. And there's that other thing of like, oh, love has no boundaries, like that, like yeah. that that whole idea too. So, and and again, like understanding that from a historical point of view, like for sure, mm-hmm. if it makes sense that that we feel though that those kind of ideas float around. Um, but yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and so what is a technique that someone can use to start implementing boundaries? If Mm -hmm. it's like really hard, like how can they slowly start to do that without feeling guilty or, you know, bad? So I think the first thing would be is really recognizing that boundaries are a very important thing for, um, like setting guidelines and protecting yourself and kind of asserting how you want to be treated for your own mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And that wanting or feeling the need to set boundaries is not selfish, is not like those kinds of different things. So I think getting started in this process, it would be starting to explore and bring awareness to where is that resistance in setting boundaries. Okay, Mm -hmm. what's coming up for me when the idea of setting boundaries is making me feel uncomfortable or maybe it's not uncomfortable making me feel whatever like mm-hmm. even as like the idea of setting boundaries makes me feel blank and then it's like okay well let's explore that mm-hmm. what what is that bringing up for you then because i think sometimes this idea of jumping into just like starting to set boundaries can feel really overwhelming because it's almost yeah. like 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 closing your eyes and just being like okay here we go yeah <laughs> that that kind of idea so i think like understanding that boundaries boundaries are limits that we set to create a healthy sense of autonomy and that um, that it, they're really important things to have. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think just another thing would be recognizing paying attention to where you feel like people are violating your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And and like it can be something that you can even journal. Like, oh I this is when I feel like my boundaries are being crossed and then what does that feel like to me oh that feels Mm -hmm. and then and then explore that and then okay what would what do safe boundaries feel like to me when who in my life models um like respecting my boundaries and then explore okay and what are they doing that makes me feel that way so that by doing that you're kind of almost like creating this sense of of what you're actually looking for in your life and what you're mm-hmm. what you're needing. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of it can be setting boundaries and asserting boundaries are often rooted in a lot of different things. So for instance, our attachment styles. So if someone has really insecure and this is like a whole other topic, but attachment style, like if someone has really insecure attachment styles, it's very common to be like people pleasers mm-hmm. and really need external validation. Um, and that's not always the case. Like that's just, again, overgeneralization. But so if you're if you're struggling with setting boundaries because you're worried about people leaving you or mm-hmm. you're worried about, um, you know, pushing people away or things like that, it's really looking at, okay, what are these core beliefs that I'm setting about my worth that I'm only worthy if I have no boundaries and if I just, you know, give everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot... And that's why you said, like, it's a lot of work. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of work. And people come into therapy almost expect um, that, okay, I found the issue. So I put my finger on it. Okay, so then it should just, like, oh, it's gone now. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's when we're just kind of beginning that process of self-exploration. And Mm -hmm. it can feel hard. It can feel 
pulling back all of these layers. I was just going to say layers. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like you keep digging and digging and there's and more digging reasons and for digging. Yeah. yeah. And it can, and that's where, again, like having a therapist can be really, really helpful to hold mm-hmm. that space for you because, um, doing this work requires a lot of resources. Like if we think mm-hmm. about, we have a cup of water and we, that's our full cup of resources for the day and we pour that cup into a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Being able to have the resources, being able to have extra cup water left in that cup to, to put into this work is sometimes unattainable for people because of, because of what else is going on in their lives. So mm-hmm. it can often feel like a lot and overwhelming. And so, um, yeah, I think... I think just going back to that idea of what what is it that I'm looking for in these situations and when when are my boundaries violated or are my boundaries being violated but I'm ignoring that mm-hmm. and avoiding recognizing the fact that I'm I'm being treated like that or there are certain people that are mm-hmm. doing that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's I think that's really helpful for a lot of people to just first to kind of address it and then mm-hmm. again like like you said kind of and then you can go to like the attachment styles and what that is rooted in um and uh how that can impact your choices and how you're able to create boundaries mm-hmm. um, and I mean like sorry I just was gonna say like that's not actually techniques like I didn't give you mm-hmm. um any techniques but I think it's just that idea of kind of really respecting yourself and starting from the ground and working up Mm -hmm. because what happens is sometimes when we haven't done that inner work before that and we just start to try to set boundaries Mm -hmm. that can feel really overwhelming and it can almost um like backfire for lack of better words because we don't really know what types of boundaries we need to set or Mm -hmm. why we're setting them or what we really need in those situations we get this Mm -hmm. sense of okay, I feel like a boundary is being violated, so my reaction is to react and set up a boundary or try to do something. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really kind of slowing down sometimes in that process and getting clarity on on what that's actually triggering for you. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And if someone's feeling like really drained when they're with a certain person or after a specific um, day of the week or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, is that, would that be a sign that there's not healthy boundaries in place there because you're feeling drained and like you're giving everything yeah Yeah. possibly Mm -hmm. I mean that would probably be quite like situational I feel like Mm -hmm. trying to um but I think yeah like one concept or that I use with clients and it's kind of a really simple um check-in of what's my energy what's my energy level so Mm -hmm. on a scale of one to ten what's my energy level today because asking yourself like how am I doing today you can be like oh I'm okay which is like okay that's hard to kind of Mm-hmm. actually again on that mental health spectrum where is that is okay mm-hmm. a six is okay a four what does mm-hmm. that look like so uh, a technique would kind of be um kind of starting your day what's my energy like today what's my energy level and that could be mm-hmm. physical emotional spiritual uh, mental and kind of wrap it all up into one or whatever your belief your belief systems are around those areas and and asking yourself, yeah, when you go into social situations, oh, I, I went into this situation feeling like a six and now I'm a two. Whoa, mm. that's a really big shift that that, that that situation or that person had on me. Mm-hmm. So I think um, kind of keeping keeping track of that, like you said, mm-hmm. of, of recognizing that and recognizing, okay, that, that this is real as well. Because I think mm-hmm. when it comes to, to those situations, we can often think like, 
um, we can dismiss it, right? Like, oh, I'm just mm-hmm. having a bad day or I'm just tired or this or that. But it because mm-hmm. sometimes we don't want to acknowledge that certain people in our life are violating or um, mm-hmm. like violating feels like a strong word, but it is like a violation of those boundaries or mm-hmm. are just energy draining. Mm-hmm. And they could be energy draining because we're not setting boundaries and mm-hmm. because they could be, there's two sides, they could be drawing a lot of energy, but we could also be giving a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So where is that drain coming from is it coming from them taking from us or are we giving too much Mm, I like that so it could be they don't even realize they're they're doing it it's more so we just don't have those boundaries in place or the reverse where they are taking too much or expecting too much of us yeah Hmm. Mm -hmm. that's amazing okay Mm um so I love that technique that you shared about just checking in with your energy I feel like that Mm -hmm. is super super helpful um, do you just recommend to do that? Like, like you said, when you wake up and then like throughout the day when you're interacting with certain people or just kind of check in with yourself? Yeah, I think it really depends on the person and the situation and kind of if they're at a place where they kind of feel like they need to be monitoring themselves more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's something that I use on like an um, almost like consistent basis. Mm. I, I think a lot of the times we exist kind of on autopilot and we're not really checking in with ourselves to see how we're doing and what we need because that can feel mm-hmm. really vulnerable mm-hmm. like how are you doing mm-hmm. like alita what's like what's your energy level like and then if i say oh like i'm a seven it's like okay great is there anything you need this kind of mm-hmm. internal dialogue that you can develop with yourself is incredibly powerful but it's mm-hmm. also very vulnerable mm-hmm. and if if we haven't developed a relationship with ourselves like i, I often hear clients say well i don't know what i need I like I I ask myself and I don't know Mm -hmm. it's like okay well there's somewhere to start as well Mm -hmm. of how do you tune into that knowing how do you Mm -hmm. how do you begin to build that relationship with yourself to be able to to answer those questions or if you don't know Mm -hmm. can you be okay in that vulnerability too and just be like okay I'm just gonna be here like I'm here I got Mm -hmm. you like Mm -hmm. sometimes for me I'm like I don't know I'm just being stubborn it's like okay I love you like you're good yeah just accept yeah yeah. and that and because it's not this idea of everything being great all the time like the idea of therapy is not you know to put on these rose-colored sunglasses at the end of the day and walk around the world just being like everything's fine la da 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 but it's this idea of um adversity and struggles will always come up in our lives but do i have the tools and the resources and the support systems mm-hmm. in order to deal with that and a mm-hmm. lot of that comes with the relationship that we have with ourselves because mm-hmm. I think there's this misconception that you go to a therapist and they're just going to like fix your problems like okay I'm here mm-hmm. you know what do I need tell me what to do they'll just do it all for they'll you they'll fix basically. me yeah. yeah and and so it's this idea of really stepping into this role of like I am the expert in my own life I am my own mm-hmm. master I am my own guru and I know myself better than anyone else, even if I'm disconnected from myself right now, but I know mm-hmm. what I need. Mm-hmm. I can feel these emotions that are even hard to explain to people. Mm-hmm. So can I become this, this empowered person? And I think there's this concept of like, oh, I will empower you. And that's really not something that resonates with me because I think you, I can create a space for you to feel empowered and to find empowerment within. But mm-hmm. I really don't feel like empowerment is something that you can give to someone else. I think it's mm-hmm. that that reaction that comes from building that relationship within. Mm-hmm. That is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. Well, to end off, I would love to uh, just hear maybe if you have like some first steps that someone could take if they really want to just improve their mental health and yeah. like maybe resources or just what, what they can do. Mm-hmm. And I think on the 
term of boundaries. There, there's, there's a lot of different kind of approaches and things that we can do around beginning that process of actually setting boundaries because we really haven't fully gotten into that. But um, one thing that I will mention is there's there's boundaries around you know a bunch of different things. We usually just think like emotional boundaries, but there's material boundaries. So people who are using your stuff for boundaries around like money, cars, possessions, things like that, Mm -hmm. physical boundaries, um, like hugs, affection, that, that like proximity, Mm -hmm. mental boundaries. So, um, like around your thinking, all those different things, emotional boundaries as well. And then sexual and spiritual boundaries. So when it comes to the idea of boundaries, I kind of have this philosophy with clients is we often hear of boundaries as like external, right? I'm going to set a boundary with you by saying, mm-hmm. you know what, Gabby, blah, 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 whatever that is. If I can't hang out tonight or mm-hmm. when we think of um, setting boundaries, we think that it has to be this really like assertive or aggressive thing. Mm-hmm. But it can really be soft and compassionate and empathetic and just from a place of, hey, this is what I need right now. And so that's kind of that external boundary of... Mm-hmm. Um, setting that that way but there's also what I refer to as like internal boundaries so if people aren't at a place that they're able to set boundaries externally with people we can set boundaries internally which is this idea of okay what do I need to do to protect myself and my energy from this person if I'm not at a place or if this relationship doesn't allow me to externalize this boundary Mm -hmm. so sometimes what that looks like is I'm hanging out with someone or I'm going to be around someone that I know brings me down, that I know is, um, you know, affects me because I don't have those boundaries in place. Okay, is there a way that I can mentally acknowledge the fact that I need to protect my energy? So kind of setting boundaries internally of like, okay, this, this relationship takes this toll on me. How can I protect myself internally? Whether that's, you know, a family member who always makes comments that, that make you feel like shit or um a boss who whatever that relationship is friends family partners environments it's it's that idea of okay what do I need in these moments to protect myself to protect my own energy maybe that's you know recognizing okay this person is going to say whatever this person has this impact on me what can I do to not allow them to have that much power so so there's those two those two types of of boundaries that I think are really important um but I think those first steps that you had asked about for someone should take if they are looking to improve their mental health and holistic um with holistic modalities would just be to start I think like checking in with yourself and just seeing what comes up for you and that could be maybe like I said like that one to four check-in how's my energy level today Mm -hmm. maybe that's noticing when you're getting triggered like that that trigger feeling of when you're being um really influenced by someone or impacted or Mm -hmm. aroused into different emotions and Mm -hmm. almost starting to like I call it like compassionate curiosity because often when we begin to observe observe ourselves ignorance is bliss right like I don't know what I'm doing I'm not accountable for my options I'm just acting on autopilot Mm -hmm. so I, I have this analogy of like you're in the passenger seat of the car Cause you're just like grabbing onto the holy shit bar and you're just like, I don't know, I'm not driving the not car, I'm not in control. And then it's, what would it look like to begin to shift into that driver's seat? 
So what would it look like to begin to bring awareness? Awareness is a really big thing that I talk about in my practice and mindfulness. What if I just begin to observe myself in these situations? What am I learning? What's coming up for me? But from that place of compassionate curiosity where it's not, oh my God, I did this, or why do I always say this, or why do I let people do this? Because that's Mm -hmm. just, again, what it comes down to that building that relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. So how can I bring awareness into my day to begin to build that relationship? Mm -hmm. So whether that be, I know journaling can be really helpful for people, Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's not kind of like journaling your feelings, just keeping a track of your energy level on a daily basis. Like I know that even with your work with uh, the holistic nutritionist, like how do you feel on different foods? How It's almost the mm-hmm. same things. Like how do you feel on different day-to-day basis? Because sometimes mm-hmm. even like with hormones, recognizing, well, when I'm two weeks out of, before my period, mm-hmm. I'm really hormonal. Okay, like how does knowing that and acknowledging that shift the way you respond to yourself and others in those different periods of time Mm -hmm. so I remember for me before I got the flow app and I was like I don't know why this point of the month I just can't handle anything and then I got the flow app and I'm like oh of course that makes so much sense yeah and then it it kind of takes that power away from that emotion yeah of okay Mm -hmm. I'm I'm probably going to be PMSy between now and then so what is that what does that look like? And then setting up self-care for yourself, whatever yeah. that looks like for you. And you're just, I feel like you're more compassionate for yourself. Like you said before, you don't judge yourself. It's more of just like, okay, this is happening. I'm feeling these emotions. Like, how can I support myself? Mm-hmm. Or how can I tell other people around me, like, this is what's going on? Right. Mm-hmm. Can I observe what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I'm experiencing from a place of compassionate curiosity? And what would that look like? Because often when we feel emotions, we just react, right? Mm -hmm. Or we shut off and we push away. We numb it. We numb it. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to feel this way. This is a feeling. This is an emotion that I don't know how to process. Mm -hmm. It's like, what if you were to just acknowledge that? I don't know how to process what I'm feeling right now. Okay. What do you need Mm -hmm. then? Maybe it's, I need to talk to someone. I need to go for a walk. I need, you know, like just kind of, again, building that relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that you say build that relationship with yourself because I feel like, like you said earlier, we are always so focused on giving, giving, giving to other people and mm-hmm. not not really thinking about, okay, well, how do we take care of ourselves or how do we talk to ourselves? Like, do we treat ourselves like we treat the people that we love? Yeah. Usually we don't. We're so hard on ourselves or we're so negative mm-hmm. or, you know, all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we set, like, a lot of it comes from these expectations that we set for ourselves that we're not aware of, right? Like, mm-hmm. they say... Um, 90% of our think, 95%, I mean, it varies for person to person. 95% of our thinking mm-hmm. is based in our subconscious mind. So the mind, mm-hmm. the level of consciousness that we're not aware of, that autopilot, like I talked mm-hmm. about, or that passenger seat of the car. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of how can I start shifting out of this unconscious mind where I'm just kind of, you know, like hands up in the air, like my life's just ruling me to be like, how can I start taking back a little bit more of that that presence that awareness that Mm -hmm. observation because it's not necessarily about fixing everything right away Mm -hmm. or blaming yourself or putting yourself down or any of those things it's about how can I just observe the way I am with compassion and realize like oh I am this way probably because of a lot of external factors and things that I've been through we Mm -hmm. develop coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. to deal with adversity Mm -hmm. and we have all experienced adversity and we have all experienced trauma 
and it's something that we all just I think need to have that sympathy and empathy and kindness to ourselves for mm-hmm. I love that approach I love that your perspective on that and I feel like if more people were coming from that place of love for themselves I think that we would all be kind of in a better mm-hmm. a better state right if we're all treating ourselves better mm-hmm. um, I feel like we can go on and on about this <laughs> for hours yeah. <laughs> um, but we're gonna wrap that up here uh, so thank you so much for sharing all of your w- oh wisdom and insight honestly like I could listen to you talk for hours <laughs> I feel like I, I learned prob- so much. I could probably talk. So You're like, yeah, I could. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. I would love if you could share where we could find you online or in person or how people can work with you. Yeah. So online, my Instagram is Rebirth Movement. So R-E-B-I-R-T-H Movement. And I work at Exhale Therapy in Kitchener. It's right across from Grand River Hospital. Um, I'm currently taking new clients. I don't have a lot of space in my caseload for new clients, but I definitely am still taking new clients that I can basically be found in either of those places. Okay, amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Oh my on. gosh, thank you. It was all awesome. Right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll have all of that info in the show notes. If this episode resonated with you, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes, and we'll see you next Monday for our next episode.